Welcome to Art Life Conversations, where we talk about all things art life, from the struggles and the wins along the way, to making art, learning, and art history, to talks on business, career, and selling art. No matter where you are on your art journey, here you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and motivation as Kelly shares the real life of a working artist. And now, your host, Kelly Folsom. Hello, artists. It's Kelly Folsom here. Welcome back, my friends, to another Art Life Conversations podcast. I am your host, Kelly Folsom. Super excited to be here again with you today. And get ready because if you are wondering, am I really tapping in to my full creativity in my art, then we're about to dive into that. Yeah. Okay, so in this video, we're going to talk about primarily what are the things that you might be doing that are actually keeping you from tapping into that uh, full creativity with your art, right? Um, I think this is something that all of us as artists and creatives, you know, struggle with. Um, and we're going to be talking about, you know, why is it important to solve this problem? What the heck does Kelly know about it? Or, and what's my experience that I've had with it that I'll share with you um, so that hopefully it benefits you guys from kind of falling into some of the same traps um, and having some of the same issues. And then, of course, as always, like, what are the solutions, man? Like, um, what what can we do to make sure that we are utilizing and tapping into our full creative powers as artists? And I, that's really how I see it. Like, we're just little creative uh, superheroes <laughs> as artists. Okay, so um, why solve this problem, you know? Um, you guys will hear me say this again and again and again, but basically, like, why solve the problem? Because, like, we're creators. We're here to create. We're here to serve through creativity, right? Through beauty, through art. And I really feel like, um, obviously, we live in a world of polarity, a universe of polarity, of good and bad, right and wrong, light and dark, you know, yin and yang, man and woman, right? <laughs> aggressive, aggressive and passive. Um, and... So, and also destruction, you know, destruction and creation. So for me, creation is really the, the polar opposite of destruction. Those two are opposites of one another. So the way that I see it is like as creatives, um, creation really helps in this, in this earthly life that we're in here on this crazy planet whirling through space. <laughs> creation is really the balance to destruction in this world. Um, and we have a lot of destruction right now, right? There's a lot of, I mean, we've had a lot for centuries. Um, and so, but there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of violence. There's um, a lot of fear, you know, a ton of fear um, running rampant through the world right now. And so I think even more important than ever right now, creators and creation um, is super important to help balance those scales of destruction, right? Okay, so... Um, here are some of the, the, the problems that happen that are really, really, these are draining your, your full creative potential. These are basically keeping you from reaching your full creative potential. I'm going to check my notes here because I wrote this down just so I don't forget things. But number one is like getting it right, getting it right whenever it comes to creating your art. You know, it's interesting. I was just going through, um, the uh, 
European wing of the Denver Art Museum and standing in front of these Corot paintings, you know, and I was just like, Corot was not really interested in doing it right, doing it exact, right? Um, and his work is so authentically him. It's so uniquely his work. It's so beautiful. You know, it's like he's um, telling a story or it's like a poem versus a documentary. You know, there's spirit in it. There's life in it. There's there's sensitivity in it. There's joy in it. It's Corot that's in it, right? If you guys don't know who I'm talking about, Camille Corot, French artist um, during the Barbizon Impressionist period. So you can go check him out if that's a new name to you. Um, but it, it's really, was really, really fascinating looking at him, looking at his work. And it started to get me thinking about how, you know, nowadays I think there's so much emphasis on getting everything right. Is my perspective right? You know, is the drawing 100% exact, right? Getting it right getting it technically right. Um, so, and I think that this is one of the ways that we really keep ourselves from really tapping into our full creative potential as artists, is that focus on right. And then feeding into that um, is really focusing on fixing problems rather than creating something. So when we're creating something, we really um, start out with like the end in mind, right? We start out with, here's what I want to create, whether that's here's the mood, here's here's the kind of, here's what I'm envisioning, right? To end up as the end creation on this um, canvas or, or whatever it may be for you. Um, and so that is really a creative um, act, Whereas fixing problems, again, ties back into that getting it right. Um, oh, I focusing on, oh, this isn't right. I've got to fix that. Or something's off with this painting. Let's just fix, 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 fix. And then really at the end of that painting, the painting ends up becoming like a series of fixed problems rather than really a full creative expression right, reaching its own full potential as a creative expression on the, the canvas or, or the panel. It's interesting for me being an art instructor for so long, since 2011, where I've had students, where I've seen students in both ways. You know, I, I've, I've had experiences with students who have struggled with that, I must get it right and I have to fix everything, find out what's wrong and fix, 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 fix. You know, those students end up being the least fulfilled in their art. Um, they have the least satisfaction in their art as well, and uh, the least joy, really. Um, whereas another kind of student that I've worked with in the past is like willing to just this it, trust the flow, right? So this is like how we would solve the problem is just, first of all, just accepting where we're at, who we are as an artist. You know, who are you as an artist? really authentically. Who are you? You know, and I, I told you, you know, I was going to share um, some of my own experiences, you know, one of which is, and this is another drain, right? Another drain is like, um, we don't allow ourselves to get into our own full authentic expression because we're looking too much at other artists. You know, it's another thing that I think 
something in the past that it was kind of a blessing that they had perhaps was like they weren't so connected to one another. And nowadays, of course, we have Instagram, which is why, you know, I'm always telling, um, you know, students that I work with, um, people who are in the art business course, like, stop looking so much at other artists, right? Like you are basically squashing your own flames of desire, your own flames of creativity when you're looking too much at what everybody else is doing. So what ends up happening, all these artists are just looking at each other and they're all kind of emulating one another and they're all kind of feeding off of each other. And so what tends to happen is like, it gets very homogenous, right? It gets inauthentic the individual artist tends to get lost somewhere in the mix, right? Um, because everybody's starting to look so much alike. Their work is starting to look so much alike. And it was something that really um, impacted me in studying the Corots, Um and, and also just how different a lot of the artists were. Like Corot is painting very different than um, Courbet. You know, and these are people who are alive at the same time and probably even were showing at some of the, the same exhibitions and did have some kind of interaction, right? Um, but I think back then they weren't so, they were more concerned about reaching their own full potential of creativity um, and, and their full expression and authentic expression than they were in terms of like fitting in right? Fitting in with one another as artists. Like, do I belong to the art tribe? You know, whatever that art tribe is that you're in. Um, and it's something that I feel like it just really stifles create creativity for artists. And I think in the end, for art as a whole, you know, it stifles art as a whole. Like, we don't get quite the full power that I think we could get in, in the art collective, right? If we were all, you know, kind of um, being more authentic, you know, being more authentic, even with our technique, um, all of us in the beginning as students, we all have to learn a process. We all have to emulate, right? We all usually, and they did that back then too, right? They all would find like a master to study with, to emulate, to learn from, right? Or go to like the academy um, to learn from. But then what you would see is like so many of them kind of breaking off on their own paths and on their own journeys, their own styles, techniques, their own subject matter. Uh, and even within similar subject matters, like Courbet's landscapes are totally different than Corot's, right? Um, Corot's figures, totally different than Bouguereau's figures, right? Um, so different, so, so different. Um, and I, I just feel like, wow, they had, um, they really gave themselves back then a gift of the freedom to be themselves, the freedom to be authentically themselves in their art, right? And um, yeah, and I find sometimes as a modern artist now, contemporary artist now, that it's it's it feels like it's kind of a struggle to do that, to break away from, say, whoever our mentors were. Um, there's so much pressure nowadays. And I, this one, I don't know what we do about it, right? So I'm just hoping that by me sharing these thoughts and, and observations and insights that maybe it's just like a little ripple in the pond, right? Like it's maybe just sowing like a little seed of thought for all of us artists, you know? Um, what, what, what are we losing? 
What are we losing out on by trying so hard to fit in with one another? Or even to like follow whatever the trends are or, you know, oh, right now this kind of flower painting is popular. So, um, you know, let's all do that. Let's all hop on that way wagon. Or, you know, right now painting like Richard Schmidt is the tops, you know, and 10 years from now, who else will it be, right? So, um, yeah, I just think it's really just good food for thought for all of us to think of when it comes to that homogenization and what are we losing as individuals and also as a collective, as artists? I don't have the answer for that, you know? Um, I don't, the only way that I personally know how to course correct that for myself has been to not be concerned with getting it right, focus on what I want to create in my art, right? Like what kind of art am I capable of creating, number one? Because, um, you know, you can't force a square peg in a round hole, right? For a long time, I would really try hard to emulate too closely to past instructors and try to force myself to think like them and be like them, you know? So, um, so, so not, yeah, so not focusing on getting it right too much, um, not and not comparing myself and not not comparing myself in a way that's like um, not only just comparison but also not being concerned with fitting in, right? That's kind of a big one I think for a lot of us because all of us like the a basic human need is belonging, feeling like we belong to something, you know. So so but what I'm seeing right now in in the art community a lot is like. If you're not like us, you don't belong, you know, and that breaks my heart because it's like, no, we all belong together because we're creatives and we're creating, right? And we're making art. Um, but those those are the three things. It's not looking so much at what everybody else is doing so that I am trying to stay like, what is really real for me? What's authentic for me and what I'm creating, Right. Um, and, you know, not feeling the need like, oh, if I don't paint like everybody else or if I don't do, you know, what's acceptable in this little art tribe over here, then I don't fit in or I don't belong. And I personally never see it that way. I never see myself as not belonging, right? Other people might see me that way and that's fine. Um, but I'm just not concerned about it because it does really, um, basically it keeps me from tapping into my full creativity, my full authenticity um, as an artist, which I just think is more important for me as an individual and for the for the collective, you know, art world, right? Okay. All right, my friends, I hope that this has been helpful for you um, and maybe bringing some thoughts to mind if you feel like if you feel like you're kind of falling prey to some of those traps, right? Fitting in, um, just doing what everybody else is doing, comparing yourself to other people too much, not listening to your own internal creative voice enough, you know, and just following that. I hope that this has been helpful to you to, to maybe think a little bit differently before you go and, and paint that next painting or make that next piece of art. Okay, I hope this has been enjoyable to you. As always, check out all of the um, opportunities. Obviously, we've got some, some freebies as well for you guys. So you can check out all those links in the show notes below. <clears throat> um, and also, 
feel free to email me at info at artlifewithkelly with an I dot com if you have any podcast topics that you're interested in me discussing and addressing on this podcast. All right, until next time, happy painting. Bye.